what the hell is wrong with me? Goddamn, her memory holds me like a prison, haunts me like a ghost. I can't stop this awful feeling. Yeah, I feel it all the time. I'm staring at the ceiling. Welcome back to the Race Rally Podcast today. This episode we have co-host Jackson Gardner and we have our guest, William Clark Green. William, thanks so much for coming, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I feel like we just should have done the podcast like 10 minutes ago. I know. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> them, tell, them, this, tell yeah. them this story. For sure. That's funny. That's how all my podcasts go. I do the podcast and then we talk about 10 minutes of stuff that we probably shouldn't tell anyone else. Right. And I'm like, that's probably the stuff we should put out there. Yeah. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. We did that on the last Struggle Bus podcast. We we both went to Dirk Bentley before the two Red Dirt Revival shows ago, and we got completely fucked up. Yeah. And then the next day, we were up in one of these suites, just hung over his balls, watching Pat Green do his, <laughs> his sound check. And we were just like, yeah, we like Pat Green. He's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> come, How come. was that Dirk show? It was good, man. I mean, so it's Dirk's, and then our brother's Osborne. Over. Yeah. yeah. Brother's Osborne kicks ass. John, I can watch John Osborne play guitar for fucking hours and never yeah. before. He's yeah. just amazing. It was good. I mean, that don't usually go to huge shows like that. Yeah. So yeah, I never, I mean, Dirk's to be one of those shows I would love to go to. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, he's a pretty big fan. And that ride, the song Riser is written by a guy named Travis Meadows. Oh, Dude. a fucking monster. Yeah. And uh, we do a festival in Lubbock every year called Cotton Fest. And, um, and we got down Wednesday, we got down Wednesday, our festival's on Saturday, but we go, this year will be Friday and Saturday, but, uh, we'd go down on Wednesday just kind of get everything going and you know, found out Travis Meadows was playing at the Blue Light which is where Ooh. I started that's like the bar I started at so we're going up there and, and our fucking driver's there so we, we I take everybody from the festival on the bus and we all and I didn't want to make a big scene or anything so we kind of went down the street right and we parked the bus and we all got out of the bus down the street and then we walked to the bar because I didn't want to like pull up and be like you know on the bus and have like 30 fucking people walk out and be like yeah. Mr. draw attention on shit so <laughs> um, we go in there and you know, there's not a lot of people there and maybe like 50 and there's 30 of us. So there's not very many people there. Yeah. And literally all my group of friends, we all sat down and we didn't talk and we just fucking sat there and watched Travis Meadows. And it was one of the coolest fucking experiences. And, uh, cause I'm a huge fan. I mean, I listen to him when I run that Kill Uncle Bozy record. I listen to that record when I run. And, um, and so, you know, I didn't go up to him. I didn't talk to him, but he played riser. I think I made him play riser. And, and, uh, (laughs) And uh, and he didn't play Minefield though, which is one of my favorite songs. And so, you know, we're all, after he gets done playing, we're drinking at the bar. Like I said, I'm not bugging him. You know, I just don't yeah. know. He's, he's I know he's a preacher, and I don't you know ex drug addict preacher. I don't you know Carney. I don't know what the hell he you know. <laughs> you know I just you know you also don't like meeting my heroes because you know you just end up getting disappointed. I like yeah. I like where he's at in my head, and I, I listen to him, and I love you know I like that. And uh, and so. Uh, the bus pulls up to the front and front and, and to come get us. So we, we're getting on the bus and, and Travis wa- walks up on the bus. He goes, Hey, whose bus is this? 
And I was like, it's mine. Uh, and he was like, he said, what's your name? And I was like, my name's William Green. Uh, he goes, you, you, write, you, you a musician or something? And I was like, yeah, I'm a songwriter. Actually, I learned how to play here at this bar. I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And, and so he sat down and he doesn't drink. And I was like, I was like, man, I'd be an honor if you played a couple songs. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, absolutely. And he fucking played for like 45 minutes. Right there. Yeah, right there in front of the bar and on the bus. And then, um, uh, and you know, he played and, and then we, we were leaving. So we said our goodbyes and, you know, I didn't bug him or ask for his number or anything. And the next day he called me and or he sent me a text and he was like, hey, uh, I got your number from uh, Dalton Domino. Him and Dalton are buddies. And, yeah. and, uh, and he was like, uh, I listened to your stuff. And he was like, it's fucking great. Next time you come to Nashville, it's right. And I was like... Dream yes. His, yes. Dalton said it best. He's like, Travis's music is like a steam shower for your soul. It's a, uh, <laughs> man, he's just a, uh, you believe it. Exactly. You know? 100% He lived it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Chesney just cut one of his songs. What song? Better Boat. I really? It's on Chesney's new record. Yeah, yeah. and our good friend John Ballin got a cut on it too. Which the, one? Uh, um, Golf, Golf Moon. Moon. That's yeah. a good song. Yeah. It's a really good song. Yeah. Yeah. This Chesney album is my favorite that he's put out in really? 10 years. In That's terms awesome. of like, that music like because the last couple I've not been a huge fan of and this yeah. last one's like I I'll always give Chesney the benefit of the doubt I like him he's a cool guy and he's put out enough stuff where I'm like oh, yeah I can on board that he's fucking Chesney man yeah like, you fucking know, Chesney you can't it's like it's like Tim McGraw it's like yeah, Chesney it he's it like the Jim, he's kind of like Jimmy Buffett you can come <laughs> out with the shittiest song on the planet but I still love your old catalog you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah I still like you know yeah. playing like uh, Woman With You like that's such a good song it's yeah. an old yeah. one it's freaking awesome Let's talk about the new record. I've been listening to it every day for the past week. I drove back from Florida last week. 21 hours stuck in the car. I probably listened. I slept in my car because uh, I was too cheap for a fucking hotel. <laughs> so I love sleeping in the car. Yeah. I'm sleeping in Virginia in this like uh, this rest area with one eye open. Looking to see if someone's going to try to break in. But anyway, I think I listened to it like 10 or 15 times on the way back. I always, I never get an opinion on it. Jim Pierce, the event manager here, called me and said, hey, what do you think? The day after it came out. I said, I don't, I don't want to give you an opinion yet. I gotta listen to it three times before yeah. I say anything. Yeah. Because it sounds good, but I don't, you know, I'm a songwriter, so you gotta listen to the lyrics. Right. It takes, as, as a songwriter for me too, it takes like five times for me to understand what the fuck the song's mm-hmm. about. Because I'm yeah. listening for melodies and like, you yeah. know, what does the guitar sound like? I listen to everything but the words and like the words are the last thing I kind of figure out yeah. who produced it without yeah, yeah, exactly. Label, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, dude, it's unbelievable. Thank it's you. so on the, it's like you have this style of writing that I love because. You say stuff so on the nose and honest that people don't normally say, and you're such a good writer that you don't make that sound cheesy. And that's, that's really fucking hard to do. That's so, so that's, fucking hard that's to do. awesome you recognize that because that's what I love to do the most. It's like talking about things that no one admits they feel, you know? Yeah, like, no, farewell. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I just wanted to tell you you can go to hell. Like, what? No one. <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting there listening to this, and I was like, yes! Fucking yes! <laughs> This is it. And then my mother, like, my mom says that you and Wade Bowen are her therapist. <laughs> so, you know, I listen. I heard an acoustic version of my mother, like, whenever you had it yeah. on Facebook or something, like, a few months back. And, like, I sent it to her, and then she listened to the whole record. She's like, son of a bitch, this, this whole concert's going to be, like, another therapy session for me <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah, uh, man, it's just, this is the first time my mother, like, this record, I, I didn't understand. When we released it, I didn't really know. I mean, what was going to happen. We we went on this record. I started writing about different stuff. And I also am not really known for writing songs uh, about love and like yeah. stuff like that. Like more of the demise aspect, but not like the, 
And so, the, and, and I was so burned out after Ringling Road. Not that I wasn't proud of Ringling Road. I was very proud of Ringling Road, but I didn't want to ever do that record again. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's really hard because as a songwriter, when Chris Knight releases an album, right, it better be a fucking Chris Knight record. You're right. I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. yeah. Like if he changes anything, like I'm gonna be fucking upset, right? Visible <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah. And but as a writer. And as an artist like me, it's like the reason I love my fan base the most, and I think this happened when Ringling Road came out, is they never know what to expect. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can literally write, we can write a country song or a rock song or a fucking song like Ringling Road, and they're they're always keeping them guessing. This, you know, Gabriel Odds, that's a Cajun song. And this record has some love songs on it. And like, but this record is the first time I've ever had reactions emotional reactions like this like my mother is making people cry like the song is making people yes. cry like oh, as a songwriter that is like the biggest compliment I can ever receive I don't think I'll, I don't know if I'll ever write another song like that ever again as long as I live <laughs> but uh, I've seen it happen at shows and like it's just fucking like I to have a song that gets a reaction on people is like Man, I really feel good about my decision in pursuing what I'm pursuing in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit! Like, that's really cool. You know? No, you, you nailed it on this one. Like, this is us. Because, like you said, you don't write a lot of love songs. So mm-hmm. when I saw the titles, I was like, this is going to be interesting. Right. To see what he did with this, and this is us is that same style of like on the nose and kind of. It's not like oh it's my blunt. god, I it's love not, you. You're the most beautiful thing. It's ever. not in a. It's not in a it's bow and a ribbon. It's fucking yeah. real. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. It's honest. You know, like that's I. I sent that song to my brother. It's him and his fiance to a T. I mean, yeah. I know it's a good record when I send it to a bunch of people. I got yeah. drunk and sent one of my ex. So <laughs> I've had a lot of those reactions too. Not the I've first song, one of your songs I've done that to. So. I've had that, yeah. It's, yeah. So how did you get to this record? Did you have like a concept or an idea going in or did you just say, you know? No, I knew I wanted the record to be called Aber Island. It was originally supposed to be called Caltown, which is, uh, I think, going to be the next name of the next record. Caltown, you and Jake Flint? Uh, Jake Flynn has a song called Cowtown. God single. damn it. I know Jake really well. Uh, uh, well, then now I have to change it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, bro. Well, Cowtown <laughs> is the name of Fort Worth. Yeah, it's like yeah. the, uh, and so I, uh, I, I, and I just recently moved there. So every song, I, every record I come out is about a Texas town. And, um, and so, uh, you know, Aver Island is a place that, uh, we have a family ranch outside of Beaumont and my grandmother who I never met she passed away before I was born her last name was Abear and she left us this ranch her side of the family left us this ranch been our family since 1869 and so there's an old oil pad out there and I and I put a shipping container and put a window unit in it and it's my duck camp got a generator and got a you know a chair with a hole cut in it you use it in the bathroom it's, it's very primitive it's very primitive but we have a generator we have electricity and we have a cistern with water and we have a shower and a hot water heater we just don't have a refrigerator and that kind of stuff. But uh, I named it Abra Island after my grandmother. So, and that's what this. So I was thought it'd be really cool to have a Cajun theme record because it's a place like that corner of Texas is not. A lot of people don't even know that live in Texas don't even know it exists. That the Cajun uh, heritage and like the Coonasses and, yeah. and they all live there. I mean, Swamps, yeah, I mean it's it's a part of Texas. You a duck hunt there? Yeah, I'm a, awesome. I'm a big duck hunter. So, well, I'm not a big duck hunter. Uh I love duck hunting, but I have buddies that I can't hunt with because they're just too fucking serious about it. It's like, no, man. Like, at five o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna have like a red solo cup with vodka Red Bull, and like, 
I will be smoking a cigarette and like telling the most horrid jokes. Yeah. <laughs> fucking bear hunting here, bro. Yeah, like, like it's definitely like we can miss a few. Yeah. <laughs> you literally blow into a thing that quacks. We can't take ourselves seriously. Here. But it's such a fun atmosphere because you know you got the dog and the airboats. Yeah. And like it's just like fun. It's just you know you fucking you know you drink all night. And, uh, and then you take a nap during the day and you barbecue and you just kind of sit around and, and you shoot ducks. It's freaking badass. It's like, yeah. I wish every day was. And then when the weather's perfect, it's like, man, sometimes it's hell too. Like, you know, last year we hunted and it was like a sub zero sleeting in Southeast Texas never fucking happens. And uh, sleeting and, and we woke up that morning and we got there that night sleeting and we literally just sat in the shipping container and like just fucking, you know, and drank and like didn't do, we couldn't go outside. Every time you outside, you froze to death. And we got out and shot two ducks, and it was just miserable. It we couldn't just, have been that cold. We goosed it up here, like negative 15 degrees. It wasn't sub-zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about it, this is what you guys don't understand, southeast Texas, is when it's... So I've been in... Lubbock is very dry and arid. Lubbock, I've walked to class in negative 11, 11 degrees. Like, no fucking problem. Like, it doesn't bug me, you know? Yeah. I've been in fucking steamboat negative 20, and, like, it's fucking cold, don't get me wrong, but, like... You can deal with it. Yeah, I mean, you can deal with it. When it's fucking 30 degrees in Southeast Texas, it's the coldest fucking place on the planet. And, and here's why. Is the air is like water. And so you can't get away from the humidity. And I don't care how many layers you put on, but like your fingers and toes, just, they're, they're wet. They are wet. And so when 30 degrees, it's wet. Like, it fucking sucks. And, uh... God, it's so cold when it's cold there. And it was like 20 that day and sleeting. And it's just like, it's, I mean, we literally were sitting there like, we weren't even looking at the sky. We're just, our heads are at the ground, just shielding all the ice hitting us. And it's like, why the fuck are we out here? <laughs> so, but that's where you wrote this record about, that, mm-hmm. that place. Yeah. That's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so now it's, you know, getting ready for the next record. And then, you know, Ringling Road was about where I lived in Eastland for a while. Ringling Brothers used to stop through there. Uh, so yeah, I love doing having that little flair to it. And plus, it's just you know, like I said earlier, like, like my favorite part about what we've created is no one knows what we're gonna do next. Yeah. And that's really cool to not be pigeonholed, mm-hmm. you know. No and, one can agree on you. Yeah, and it was awesome <laughs> because uh, the, you know read these write ups and like, well, you know, uh, like uh, I won't mention any names, but someone's like, uh, you know, well, you know. It's not really country, but there's like a really great country song on it, you know? Or like, a, <laughs> you go watch their live show and like, it's like a lot of fun, high energy, but some you know, songs on the record make you cry. It's like, yeah, like I don't want to do, you know, I don't want to, as much as I try to be guys like Chris Knight and how much respect and stuff I have for that, like, been a, it's so awesome to go do a folk song, a country song, mm-hmm. and then rock out another yeah. song and like, and if that's what if that's the image of whatever we created or and 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 I don't care, you know, uh, you know, Americana don't want they don't want to do anything about it, they don't want to touch it. It's just like fine. Like I don't care. We've created this entire our entire thing without really a scene other than the Texas radio and Texas radio right. helping us out. So like I mean you know, I you can call us country music if you want. I don't care if you do or not. I don't care if you <laughs> and I don't care if you say it's not country because it's not really Whatever, whatever I decide to write that day is what's going to be. And and I, sometimes I want to write a country song, and sometimes I want to write a fucking folk song, and sometimes I want to write a cadence song. And I wrote a song about chili the other day that I'm in love with, and, <laughs> and I'm going to put on the next record because I fucking love it. Like 
And I don't want, and I'm not gonna, let, I don't want anybody to tell me how to do it or what to do. That's the whole point of being an independent artist. Yeah. And like, so I just don't feel like I want to genreize myself into any genre because fuck, if I want to do a Jamaican song, I'll fucking do a Jamaican song. <laughs> yeah. Like, why and the fuck should. can I? Yeah. And, like, why not? And that's one of the things that with our website, Race Rally, that we talk about is the stuff that kind of lives on the, the edges of the genres, right? That's the stuff that we end up digging the most. You know, it's too rock for country. It's well, I'm just, too you know, I'm just not fucking interested. Like, I love Waylon Jennings. Huge fan. I'm not interested in being him. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not interested in copying what he did. Waylon created his sound. Right. Like, it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, he was an innovator. I mean, Willie was an innovator. Willie's sound is his sound. Yeah. Nobody sounds like fucking Willie. No one sounds like Waylon. No. You know? There's a lot of fucking people that try to be like Waylon. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not interested in, you know, and and I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here at all saying that, you know, I'm blazing past like Waylon Jennings. It's just like I just want to do whatever the music I want to fucking do. And right. I'm gonna do that. And I don't have a record label. And I've busted my ass for ten years to do this the way I want to do it. I'm gonna fucking do it the way I want to do it. Look at Ray Wiley Hubbard's a prime example, dude. He started out writing '70s country songs, you know, and now he's a fucking uh, he's like a roots fucking. Blues fucking yeah, yeah, Americana fucking king. Like, but he changed his sound. Like he changed because it's honest. He, yeah, exactly. It's. I mean, it's, it's kind of seems. But he's not. Ray's not writing country fucking no, songs. But he's no, writing fucking like, songs. You're gonna write one genre all the time with the same emotion. Like the only people no. that are happy all the time or sad all the time or, or listening to one genre all the time are fucking crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> They're completely off the <laughs> <They're> <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I mean, was, you know, when Chris not releases a record, it's like fuck. I want it to be, you know. But then again, man, you know, like Jealous Count was a more polished, you know, Jealous Count was a polished record and it was really good. But, you know, Heart of Stone is, is not polished. And I love that record too. But so you kind of, I mean, you want it to be, but you also know someone's probably going to write a record like that that you want anyway to feed yeah. that, whatever that animal is inside of you. And, you know, Chris Knight's so badass that he's, you're going to probably like what he does even if yeah. it's different. No, for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He is badass. Golly. Yeah. He's freaking, I mean, I still listen to, um, I'm forgetting the name of the song. I used to know. Yeah. Down, I used yeah. to know every fucking song of his. I used to be able to play them on yeah. the time. I can do a lot of them still, but in high school, they're pretty big fan. I'm a fan of a good murder ballad. Yeah, good <laughs> murder ballad. So I've never seen you live, and this is exciting for me because not only we're open for you, which I'm super excited about because like three of my favorite artists of all time in one day are here. Fuck yeah. But like, it, I listen to um, Live in Green Hall all the time, mm-hmm. and I played. I hope you don't mind. I play like every track off that record and not even just your singles no, on the radio show. Sure. I play like all of them. Who the hell recorded Live at Green Hall? Because that sounds like in my car, I'm like, these fuckers are right here. <laughs> and there's only one overdub on the entire record. I, I know. And, I, uh, and it's, the, it's the vocal, it's the female, it's Danny Flowers singing. There was so much bleed from the, the amplifier behind her that it was, uh, it sound, her voice sounded awful because there was so much bleed into her microphone. So she actually had to go back in the studio and record her part, but that was the only overdub on the entire That's, record. That record's amazing. And by the way, when she sings that, like I tell everyone, uh, you don't have to worry, baby, if you only knew. There's a reason for me leaving. He's a whole lot better than me. That's like I'm kicking the balls every time yeah. I hear it. <laughs> so we wrote that song in at Carnival in Nashville. Me and her wrote that song together, and we wrote it in the same room as uh, that Bruce Robeson wrote Angry All the Time. No shit. And so I was like, Angry All the Time, like, let's fucking, let's do a fucking tribute to like, Anger all the time, the finalist awesome. time, you know? Just doing fucking heart wrenching so cool. fucking, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So, um, 
And and she's just her voice is awesome. She's a badass. Chick. She's badass. You didn't need to, You wanted to ask. Why don't you just talk about Green Hall and like getting to record an album there and what that meant to you? Yeah, that was a big, um, big fucking deal. Uh, <laughs> for me. Uh, <laughs> Was when we asked, Dave was like, I was like, hey man, it's time. I've been wanting to do a live record for years since like misunderstood. I've been wanting to do a live record. Dave's like, like, it's not him yet. And he's right. Like, you know, I want to make sure when I do my live record, it's like 18 songs. It's like the whole concert into one. And like, I want to make sure we can, we can go through it, you know? And so we can have a long ass, you know, I don't want a 10 song live record. I want the whole, I want a 90 minute fucking show, you know, on a record. And, uh, and so, he was like, where do you want to do it at? And I was like, well, I want to do it at Green Hall. William Clark Green, live at Green Hall. Hello. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was like, he was like, well, that's just probably not going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, well, just, I was like, just fucking ask because you just never know. And I was, and I was had backup plans and a bunch of stuff. I was like, but that's the place. Like, if I was going to say, that's the place. And so he calls back and he's like, they fucking said yes. They hadn't done a live record. <laughs> they hadn't done a live record since, since Jack Ingram. Yeah. And so, you know, and so, and they said yes. And I was like, Two, and they got us two nights, Friday, Saturday, and and before we even I think sold out for one night, maybe it sold out one night, but um, yeah, they gave us two nights, and and I think it worked out great for everybody involved. And the guy who mixed it, uh, his name is Mills, and he's the same guy that mixed Ringling Road. Okay. Or, yeah. So it's he's, so he's familiar with it. He knew the sound. Yeah, yeah. He knew what we were going for. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why it turned out so awesome. You know. Yeah. It's cool that you had Jack there on that too. Yeah, that was awesome. We know you got some shit to do. Uh, you got another question for me? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, sonically, what do you think your sound has developed over the years? Like, how do you think your So, I went back and listened, because uh, once we record a record, you know, I don't listen to them, you yeah. know? And it's funny to go back and watch the songs evolve through a live show, like how they don't really sound like what they were in the record anymore, because just how we kind of change little things in there. But I went back and listened, I was drunker and shit. And I went back and listened from Dangerous Man all the way to the new record. I listened to every song. It was like three hours. But I was in the bus one day and listened. And um, and man, I cried. Like I feel like because I really wanted to make sure on this record, like we weren't pushing the envelope. I wasn't going too far out of what we were doing. I want to stay inside this this box of things that I would be comfortable as a fan listening to. You know, like you know, you want your sound to progress. You want to make the best record possible, but like. You know, you also don't want, I don't want to step back and go, what the fuck was I thinking doing that? You know what I mean? Like, and so listening from the first record to Misunderstood, Rose Queen, and Road to this record, it's like, man, I was pretty proud of everything. That, that The way it's progressed, I feel like the songwriting has gotten progressively better. I think there are, each, each record has a song that I'm really proud of on it that um, not as like how big the song was, but how well it was written. Um, even from the first record, um, there's there's a couple songs on there was a song on there's a song on there that I was like man for that age in my life I was pretty, pretty I was like I'm not I'm trying not to I'm not trying not to sound like I'm too dumb horn I was just like very like I'm glad I pursued what I pursued I was very proud of it looking back now after all mm-hmm. I've learned and going back and listening to the songs it's kind of like okay man like yeah that was pretty that's pretty cool like you it it if I met the, if I heard, met a kid that wrote that song, I'd be like, "That song's great for you." Like that's yeah. bad. You know what I mean? Like that's hard to do too. <laughs> looking at old songs is sometimes really. Crazy. Oh, and there were some moments where I was like, "Oh, well. <laughs> Jeez. so well. emo." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking go home. Uh, but no, I mean, over, overall though, um, and just and you know the production of each record and how how we we're you could just see how we're figuring it out and where we're going and. Uh, 
And so uh, I think a really cool thing to do for the next rap record is uh, we're going to do, uh, you know, Lex Five record will be a lot of this new record songs, and then it'll be the songs that weren't on the last live record, but songs that I really loved off those that didn't make the Lex record. Ring. And we're going to do all like acoustic, dobro, banjo, fiddle, yes. like real broke down at Cheaper Street. I think it's going to be oh, next. No. Yeah, I think we'll do that about Cheaper a year. year. About a year we're going to try to do that. That's yeah. awesome. Kind of like the way. Uh, Sit down, did, no talking. Yeah, didn't kind of. Wayne, Wayne Rand just do their acoustic hold my beer, watch this at Cheaper Street. Did they do it? Was that at Cheaper Street? I think it was at Cheaper Street. Cause was that that's where the train is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were at okay. Cheaper cool. Street then. Yeah, because they said sing over the train. Yeah. They're in trouble. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's Cheaper Street. And Randy just bought Cheaper Street. Did he? Uh, yeah, of Randy, course he yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Spain. That's why he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about some other markets that you're in. So, you, of course, major in Texas, but when you're coming to markets like this or coming to Chicago and other areas, like what makes you want to step out of that normal circle that you have to get to new areas? Like you were in New York last night. Well, it's what we do. I mean, you know, that's how we started, you know, played in Lubbock. And, and so where do we go from there? We go to Amarillo. Where do you go next? Okay, you go to Midland. And then where do you go next? You go to Fort Worth, San Angelo. like, And so, like, you know, I, I'm one of those guys, like, especially right now in my life, no wife, no kids. It's like, let's fucking go. Like, yeah. I'm not worried about it. Like, we lose a little money here and there. It don't matter. We can always go back home. But, but like, I can't sit around. I can't, I sure as hell can't sit around at home and watch, you know, guys like Wade playing here tonight and being like, why, why can't we go do that yeah. stuff? Like, because I don't want to or I'm too lazy oh fuck that let's go like and how else you gonna build fans a grassroots way man I still believe in that I think more, more now so than ever the way the internet works and Spotify it's like man we're the one thing I've noticed in the last three or four years we'd come play shows like this and it was just people from Texas that would show up that transplant yeah man last night in New York City I, I went to the merch table and met everybody that came to the show and, and you know where are you from they're, they're all from fucking New York City yeah. They're fucking like we have legitimate fans that are from the areas we're playing. They're not just Texas transplant, which I'm not dogging. But like when you show up to Chicago and it's a big Texas bar you play, and you know it's a little bunch of people that were at college and they saw you in college. And now they're living in Chicago and they want to yeah. feel like they're home. Blah blah. But like you know we're gaining fans like legitimate fans like that are from the areas we're playing, which is really cool. So um, to watch that start developing and like you know I never started this for the money. Uh, it was always about songwriting and and. And if there's a need, a need and want to hear us, I'll show up. I'll show up every time. Like you're welcome here anytime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need to come up in the winter. We got this badass uh, honky tonk called Rinky Dinks. That's like a Rinky Dinks, dude. Nice. I cut my I there. fucking love the name of it already. Dude, I'm telling you, we'll, I swear to God, we'll do a show with you. There. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll do a doubleheader there, we'll, and we'll just stay there because. I can't tell you how many times I've had to stay there. <laughs> it's in the middle. There's pigs outside. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it sounds yeah, amazing. But it's like, it's like a Texas dance hall. It's, okay, cool. It's like Green Hall in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. I love it. That's yeah, fun. you would absolutely yeah. love it. Ranky Dinks. Yeah. yeah. Live at Ranky Dinks. Yeah. That sounds has got a ring to yeah. it, too. That may, maybe that's your next one. Yeah. <laughs> sounds Mike awesome. The, Mike the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Moving room Mike. <laughs> no, for sure, right? That'd be awesome. They yeah. used to have the pigs inside, and you would drop the... The old chicken bones from the wings on the floor, and they would eat them. They would just walk. Fucking eat the chicken. Like, man. Can we, we go there dogs. tonight? <laughs> we can go there after. We'll go there after. You want to go? We'll go there after. There. I swear to God, I'll take you. Dude, That's that sounds place. awesome. We did our when my record came out. We did my interview. It sounds there. like a place I want to meet my future ex-wife at. Yes, it is one of those spots. Yeah. So I have a story I'll tell you after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> about. See, we we got some stuff to do, and I got to go do my sound check and stuff here. Um, yeah. Dude, thanks. Dude, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. awesome. Cheers. You, you need to say you lived up like, uh, 
you always don't want to meet your heroes, but you like lived up to it, so that's fucking cool. Cheers, yeah. man. Yeah. Wait till I start drinking, I'll become an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the bag, kick ass.